Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. Now let's listen to Pastor Dave Crocker. Today I want to chat with you about change. You know, God is the God who, who, who works at change and for as much as I can remember as I read through my Bible, both Old and New Testament, God is in the business of change. From the time I read my Old Testament to the right all the way through the New Testament, there's so many times that God moves to change people. Status quo is not part of what he wants to do for us. What I want to do today is to share with you one experience of many that, and we will, we will work our way through that. And I want us to, to turn to Judges chapter 6. If you've got your Bible there, you might turn to chapter 6. We're going to start reading at verse 11. A little bit of preamble here. Early verses of chapter 6 talk about um, uh, the children being overrun by the Midianites. They were living in their land and the Midianites would come and raid their crops, come and raid their villages. So Many of them were living in caves. They were living in fear. And that had been happening for some years. That was happening because the children of Israel had separated themselves from God had removed themselves from his covenant covering. So when we commence our reading at verse 11, follow with me. It is a long reading, but we're going to read it all. The angel of the Lord, we're sitting at verse 11, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand and I am, am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least of my family. And the Lord answered and said, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon replied, If now I have found favour in your eyes, give me a sign that, is, that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, 
I will wait until you return. Gideon went inside, prepared a young goat and from the an ephra flour and made bread without yeast, putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a, in a pot. He brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with, his, with the tip of his staff that was in his hand. Fire breathed from the rock, consuming the meal and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realised that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But God said to him, Peace, do not be afraid, you are not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, The Lord is Peace, and to this day it stands in Ophrah of the Asbazites. The same night the Lord said to, to Gideon, Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old, tear down your father's altar to Baal, and cut down the Ashraf pots beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on the top of this height, using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down. Offer the second bull as a burnt offering. So Gideon took ten of the servants and did as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his family and the town people, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. In the morning, when the people of the town got up, there was Baal altar demolished, with the astral poles beside it cut down, and the second bull sacrificed on the new built altar. They asked each other, who did this? When they carefully investigated, they were told, Gideon, son of Joash, did it. The people of the town declared of Joash, bring out your son, he must die because he broken down the Baal's altar and cut down the Asherah poles beside it. But Joash replied to the hostile crowd around him, are you going to plead Baal's cause? Are you trying to save him? Who fights for him? Shall he put to death by, morn by morning? If Baal really is a god, he can defend himself. So the story is there. This young man who was threshing wheat in a wine press. Let me let me explain a wine press, guys. Um, big big vat, probably made out of timber in those days. Uh, obviously big enough uh, for for Gideon to hop in and actually hide because he was hiding from the Midianites as he was threshing wheat, breaking the staffs of the wheat up to separate the corn, the crub from the, from the thresh. He was hiding and the angel of God came to him and said to him, oh, greetings mighty warrior. And Gideon's reply was, hey, what do you mean mighty warrior? 
I'm the least of my clan. My clan is the smallest and I'm the least in the clan. What are you talking about here? You know, sitting here this morning, we are parts of clan. Some of us sit here this morning and we're grandparents. We're parents. We're children or we're grandchildren. We are within our clan. And I wonder how many of us would say, inside myself, inside yourself, I am the least of my clan. That's not how it's supposed to be. And if we hear the word of the angel who said to him, be at peace, mighty warrior. Mighty warrior, haven't you just heard what I said? I'm the least. Guys, do you think that the angel of God wasn't aware of Gideon's resume? Don't you think he knew already what he was and where he was, what he thought of himself? And yet despite that, he came to Gideon. I don't know if you've ever applied for a job and you've had to sell yourself. It's pretty hard to do. Most of us have great difficulty with saying how good we are. It's usually the other way, isn't it? But in God, we can dare to say who we are, what our identity is. And, and, and when Gideon said to him, hey, I'm just the least and, and what you're telling me that I'm going to go and save my people? How can I do that? The least of the least. And God's reply was, hang on, mate. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go there. Now in the big scheme of things, God really wanted to make a change. Remember I said life was about making a change. There's not a circumstances in this story that God wasn't working towards making a change and he started with Gideon. He'll start with you. Where is your wine press? What is it that you are inside right now? That you are scared to step out of? What is it that's binding you down in a place where you, your identity is not being recognised by yourself, let alone others? And so God comes to you and he sits beside you this morning and he says, Be at peace, mighty warrior. You are a mighty warrior. Now I won't be able to hear you too well, but I want you to say that. I am a mighty warrior. Say that. I am a mighty warrior. I'm sorry, I can't hear that. Well, I just heard that okay. Don't forget it. You are a mighty warrior. And God today wants to work, as he worked in Gideon, a mighty miracle in you in whatever way he chooses. And it was interesting because God said to Gideon, this is what I want you to do. I want you to save your people. First thing I want you to do is I want you to tear down the prophets of Baal's altar. And of course that struck Terry in the heart of Gideon, but after his... Oh, well, what, what do you call this? You know, when, when somebody sits in front of you and says, hey, I'm the Lord your God, and Gideon says, I don't really believe that. You better prove it. <laughs> That's really what he said, didn't he? 
I'm going to bring out my offering. And it wasn't until he saw that offering consumed on the rock in fire that he said, oh, okay, this really is who he says he was. There's no false identity here. So that gave Gideon courage, I guess. And he continued then to do what the angel suggested to do, tear down the altar of Baal. But he did it at night. Once again, the fear kicked in because he didn't want to get caught. But he had some cronies to help him. I don't know how he condemned them to do it, but they did. Next morning, of course, as we read, when everybody came out and they said, whoa, what's going on here? Who's, where's our altar gone? And after a bit of investigation, somebody dobbed Gideon in. And they said, let's kill him. Let's get rid of him. And the, as dads should do, stuck up for their sons and said, no, nah, not today, everybody. If God's big enough to look after the world, let God look after Gideon too. And guys, the story goes on. The story goes on if we could continue to read about this Gideon and the lessons that we need to learn. The story about uh, Gideon uh, defeating an army with 300 people. And if you haven't read it before, can I encourage you when you get home this afternoon, sometime during the week, have a look at Gideon's, uh, uh, Judges chapter 6, 7, 8 and a bit of 9. You're going to find a great way in which God works through ordinary people. As I was looking through some of the writings about people of Gideon, somebody uh, labelled Gideon a story from zero to hero. And that's what I want to lay on you today, that whatever circumstances... You find yourself right now, whatever is your wine press, God wants to take you from being what you think you are to something that he knows you are. The first lesson we can learn about Gideon, the first thing we need to learn is to focus on who God says we are instead of who the society says we are. Which sometimes correlates to who I say I am. Gideon. What's he afraid of? People sitting in this room, what is it that binds you down? What is it that stops you being all the things that God wants you to be? You see, God not only knows who you are, but the important thing is that he knows who he is. And we need to understand that God's plan is the best plan. And the difficulty that you and I have, both young amongst us today and older ones, is how do we know? Have you ever had a, an angel sit beside you like Gideon? Does he do that now? Maybe some of us here today could say, yes, I've, I've had a message from God that was indisputable. It was unquestionable, a message from God. But for most of us, and most of the time, it's really hard to know. What does God want me to do here? There's been twice in my life that you know, have been really significant times when, when in a state of, hey, I really want to know what you want, God, when God has, without question, answered my prayer. Once was in a room in my home up in Leonay and it was almost like somebody writing words on a wall. And it was a scripture verse and when I went to that verse, 
I gave it back. I said, no, I don't want to, I'm just not going to take that on. I'm going to give it back to you. And if those words and those pictures stays there, then I'm going to look at those verses and God, I'm going to accept that. And when I did that, it was amazing. It was just spot on. Second time that God spoke to me in a special way was in a letter. I was in a really bad place and I had been for some time. I felt it, my, I was in a wine press, that's for sure, a wine press of my own making. And somebody, a precious friend, wrote an anonymous letter and told me the story of my life. Hang on, this was supposed to be a secret. How come somebody else knows? God revealed to this person who had the courage to write a letter to me and it was a message from God. And it changed the things, the, the pattern of my life. Two times in my life. And there's been many other times too. Hey, how, how do? How do we hear the voice of God? Well, one of those ways in my experience is through the word itself. God's word is a tremendous tool about how he gets his message across. And let me encourage you right now, people, if you think that you're going to hear from God, without the foundation of the word, then it just ain't going to happen. Nothing that God will encourage you to do or be is contrary to the word. And we need to know that. Timothy says in, in, in his writing, he says, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman who is rightly able to divide the truth from the untruth. And if we don't know, if we don't read the word, how are we going to know when the angel sits beside us like he did with Gideon and say, be at peace, mighty warrior. Hey, this is what I want you to do. We've got to be in a place to hear. And one way is the word. Of course, another way is through the wisdom of other people. Wisdom of other people. God wants to make a change in you. He will do that through the authority of his word and giving you direction. He will do that through the wisdom of other people. I had a plan this morning and I think I better put it into place right now. If you're under 25, would you stand for me? If you're under 25. <laughs> yes, you guys up the back too. Guys... Come, come out the front here for me. Come on, come on, come on. All of you out the front. Yep. Guys, on the sound booth, Timmy, you too. Good on you. All right. Don't look at them. Look at me. Look at me. Everybody around here. This is your word. Okay? This is what God is saying to you this morning, young people, I want to build in you something that is so extraordinary, something that is so amazing, that you will change this place here in Penrith. People, what you're looking at here are the future of our church. We're looking at young people who will hear the voice of God over and over again, who desperately needs to know what to do. 
They will get that from their own reading. In some cases, guys, look out there. This is your wisdom resource. These are the people who love you, who will pray for you, who will give you advice, and who, please God, in 40 years' time, where they're not here, will be able to say, this is what's built my church here in Penrith. I want someone, I want a few people, will you come out and pray for these young ones right now? Because the, you're looking at the future Gideons here. You're looking at people who say, I'm the least, I'm the weakest, my clan's not big, and we need you to encourage them. So who will come and pray for these young people right now? Right now. Be brave. Your Heavenly Father, we just come before you and, yeah, we just lift all these ones who are under 25 before you. Lord God, we just pray your blessing on them. We pray that they would seek your word, that they would seek wisdom from others. Lord God, that you would guide them, help them, strengthen them. Lord, guide them this day and each day. Lord, may this be a tremendous moment forward from here that we as a group honour you and look to you for guidance. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Steve. Okay, guys, you are our future. We desperately need you to hear God and, and let him make the changes that he needs to make, okay? We're there to help you. Okay, bless you. So we're talking about people here today who are children of God. In the book of John, chapter 1, it says, But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. To them, them, you guys, you young people, you older people, you're the ones who's given the authority and the power. The power. Get out of the wine press. Break the barriers down. Do what you know needs to be done giving you the authority to be the sons of God. How, how can we test this? How do I know that the thing that's in my mind, how do I know it's God? Well, as I said, one thing will be scripture. Another thing will be the wisdom of other people. But then within your own life, within your own experience, it's things like, is my heart pure? What's my motive here? Who's going to benefit from this? There's ways in which the word and the direction of God can be tested other than the way in which Gideon did. Because Gideon put some really complicated things out there in front of God about, uh, you know, a, a fleece on the ground uh, uh, and said to, 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 to God, if what you want me to do about leading your people is true, and by the way, as I said, Gideon, Gideon had to make the change, the angel made the change in Gideon first, then Gideon made the change in his town, tearing down the altar... And then the town then went ahead and, and represented the rest into the rest of the, the children and they all then got together and the plan was to attack the Midianites who were attacking them. Get them out of my land. Give the land back to us. The God who led us through the waters of the Red Sea. The God who led us out of Egypt. Egypt. The God who overtook Pharaoh and all of the people of Egypt with all of those plagues who saved us. The God who gave us manna in the deserts, the God who when we complained 
gave us quail. Hey, we've been a dishonourable people, but God wants to make a change in our lives all the time and he revisits them and he'll revisit you as we go through the cycle of change. God tested Noah. Sorry, God tested Gideon. And Gideon stayed faithful in amongst his, his testing of the, the, the fleece being wet. There's a story in there and if you go home and read it you'll find out the story. The fleece being wet and all around the ground being dry and reversed it and whatever. And the number of people, everybody, uh, who, who Gideon's army had to fight was astronomical. We're talking about thousands and hundreds of thousands of people here and God trimmed Gideon's team down to 300. Second thing we need to learn is all about that. The second thing we need to learn here is realise that God is faithful when we are faithless. Prove yourself God, says Gideon, and God did. If I have found favour in your eyes, says Gideon, give me a sign. Please do not go away until I come back and bring the offering. And that's what happened. God proved himself. And so, you and I then, in amongst our time here this morning, we have to work out where we are. What is it we need to learn? One other thing we need to learn, that success is not always obvious at the start. Isn't it amazing that Gideon, this man who said, I am the least in my clan and my clan is the least, was used by God to change his nation, to form an army that started off at some hundred thousands, who was whittled down by God not to 30,000 or 20,000 or 10,000, but it was whittled down to 300. Hear that? 300 men fighting to save the children of Israel against the thousands and hundreds of thousands of the Midianites. The scripture says their numbers were like locusts. God will put an impossible task in front of us sometimes and we might not see that we, any, we or anybody else has the ability to start the task, let alone finish it. But it is impossible because that's the only way God can convince you and me and the rest of us that he's the only one that can do it. If God had said to Gideon, raise as many men as you can, so it might have been 100,000 against 100,000, where would the, the honour go? Where would the reality go? And God's not after honour. He's just after obedience. And that's the next thing and the last thing we can learn from this story today. That what God wants from you and me is simply obedience and being prepared to change. Obedience to stand when something else says we need to fall over. Obedience to make a move when everything else says stand still.
or the obedience to, to be still when everybody thinks says to move. As I said earlier on, that's hard to work out what to do. But with the authority of God's word, with the authority of your own personal prayer, with the authority of the wisdom that sits in this room, God will reveal to you exactly who you are in Christ. If any man, woman, be in Christ, they are a new creation. All things are passed away. All things have become new. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org.